Welcome everybody to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Brandon. And finally, my man, Keith Bradley, back in the saddle with his Keith. How's it going, man? We're back. That's I'm- right. We're back. Finally. <laughs> finally. I was, uh, last, last week it was, uh, it was good to be back on the pod, but it wasn't the same without you. So glad to, glad to be back and finally with this, get this thing rolling again. Um, as you guys know, the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023 to call them chaotic for me and Keith would probably be the understatement of the decade. (laughs) So, um, yeah, just a lot going on. So Keith, what's, what's been going on, man? How's it, how's it been going? Oh, Good. I mean, you got COVID. That sucked. Yeah. Uh, you got I it twice, were... didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in like a month or something? <laughs> yeah. The second time was terrible. Like the after effects kicked my ass for an extra two weeks, it felt like. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like outside of that, been busy, been working my tail off, uh, uh, making, making that money. There you go. Got to do that. Yeah. I hear you on the working the tail off, man. It's been, uh, been crazy i've been talking about it the glass business and it's just been i worked last night until on the computer i was i was working until 11 o'clock last night went to bed of course you know i before i got up and went to bed i was nodding off here in my my cockpit my rig and then when i get to bed i can't sleep i'm like you gotta be kidding me i finally fell asleep around midnight wake up at four something in the morning, get back to work. And I've got another, you know, 15 hour day ahead of me. And it's just like, Oh my God, I need to sleep. At one point in time, there will, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. There will be, there will be. Yeah. My matter of getting to the end. Exactly. Yeah. My wife asked me like a week ago, we were laying in bed and she was like, so how long are you going to have to work both of these businesses like this? I'm like, well, a while for for the foreseeable future babe i go at least the, the rest of 2023 <laughs> she's like oh my god are you gonna be able to do that <laughs> or is it gonna kill you and i'm like well hopefully don't kill me hopefully we're, we're gonna make it through. Out yeah, we're gonna we're gonna push it to the to the max and we'll we'll see but i should be fine hopefully so i mean eventually the you know the glass business will die down some just because winter time obviously there's a lot we since we do the bulk of our business with body shops there's more wrecks in the winter time than spring and summer so It'll slow down some. It won't be as bad as it is right now. So yeah, yeah, we should hopefully, hopefully maybe we'll be able to dial it down to just maybe like 14 hour days instead of 18 hour days, which would yeah, probably I mean, feel like a vacation for me at this point. She <laughs> could be over here where I'm at about 200 miles or so to the north east of me. We There was a big train derailment in New Palestine, Ohio, and now all the toxins from the train cars is threatening our drinking water. So. Oh, no, really? I did not hear about that. 23 off to a big bang. <laughs> Damn, that sucks, dude. Yeah, so like where I work, where my work's at over in Kentucky, they, they've they already sent warnings out like, hey, we're going to have to shut off the, this, the river inlets to where they get the drinking water and it goes through all the cleaning processes. Wow, that's a bummer. On our water tanks, so that sucks, man. Well, and you know the crazy thing about stuff like that, and I obviously I don't know how how it is back there, but when you get contaminants into rivers and stuff like that, you know that doesn't just 
mess up like city water. No, it doesn't. And that stuff, you know, those creek beds and stuff like that, a lot of times that same water is what's dropping down through the, you know, I, I don't, the rock strata or whatever. That's the same water that gets down into the underground water, which is where you have your wells and stuff like that, where people, you know, have their own well where they pump out water and stuff. So it doesn't just affect like one thing. It can affect the entire water system for an entire town, right? Like it can be a really big deal. Our water, now it, this wasn't toxins, but out here where I'm at, we're outside city limits and we've got well water. That month where we were getting, it was like three weeks or whatever a month where we basically just got like destroyed by that bomb cyclone or whatever the hell it was. We got so much rain. Our ground was so saturated that the water coming up through our wells was brown. That's how saturated the ground was as we were actually, there was dirt that was getting into the underground well. And even though it was going through a filtration process and stuff like that, the water was still coming out with a brown tint to it. So we couldn't even use our own drinking, our own tap water and stuff like that for like a week and a half. We were having to make every, anything that took water, coffee, anything like that. We had to put bottled water into it. Well, and that and that's what we do. Yeah, we we've always done bottled water. Yeah, my wife's not a big fan of tap water. Neither yeah. am I. You know, yeah, it's it's pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. Most places but, don't. Yeah, but, but what's what's scarier about this train derailment that's up in northern Ohio is it's already killed a bunch of wildlife, like a bunch. Yeah, and they've, they've evacuated a one mile radius. They had to do a uh, controlled explosion on it. It's it's been been freaking crazy yeah that's nuts dude that sucks man yeah and when you start having wildlife like that die that's that's um that's tough i mean not only is it suck for the wildlife but that's one of those things where once again what's all contaminated right yeah you know and, and what exactly are the chemicals what what yeah. are the effects of the chemicals so, so what's leaking right now is vinyl chloride thylene glycol and accelerant, whatever the hell that is. Well, an accelerant so, is usually some form of combustible liquid yeah. that is used for whether nothing it's propulsion good. or... Com- yeah, it's nothing. It's, <laughs> it's the stuff they pour in like rocket engines or whatever. But yeah, so I mean, accelerants can be used for a bunch of different things, but usually it has, it's some form of, at least the stuff that I know about it, and I'm very, I am obviously not a chemical engineer. I am very oh. limited in my knowledge of this, but the ones that I've always heard about usually have some form of combustional process to it right where it's some kind some kind of explosion or you know fire that type of thing so yeah that's a bummer man now the other ones i don't even know what those are but most chemicals i don't know what they are so i'm hoping we can complete the circle and et fly by one night in one of his balloons (laughs) i mean that would just that put the icing on the cake for me exactly yeah man exactly i know we got freaking balloons flying over everywhere and it's been it's been nuts dude it's been so crazy i try to just not even pay attention to that stuff i get so um i'm just so over all of it right when it comes to stuff like that it just i i just i don't even try to watch it it's just like it's like putting it just makes me feel like crap Right. It's like if you eat like nothing but McDonald's for an entire day, right? If you have McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, by the time you get home, you're gonna feel like garbage, right? Because you put nothing but garbage into your body the whole day. That's how I feel when I watch the news and I see all that crap on 
you know, China spy balloons and, you know, train derailments killing the ecosystem, stuff like that. It's like I put this garbage into my brain. By the time I get home at the end of the day, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, the world's ending. This sucks. Start getting paranoid. Yeah. Like, what, yeah. what is do my I need next to start, thing? Do I need to start <laughs> moving to the mountains and prepping? Like, what's going on? You know, it's just because that's all that they push, man. It's just like fear mongering and, and the end of the world. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's depressing. So, so yeah, but anyways, good to, good to have you back, man. Good to be back. And, uh, we got a bunch of, yeah, yeah, me too, man. We've got a bunch of stuff to, bunch of stuff to cover as we had NASCAR qualifying last night. We got the dual races tonight, obviously the 500s this weekend. We had dirt car nationals last weekend. We got the the world of outlaw late model doing their run at Volusia, uh, that kicks off. I believe that's tonight. And so a bunch of stuff to get to. Uh, but before we do that, uh, in today's open, I want to cover something that has been out and it, to me, more exemplifies what, And it more exemplifies really the issues that we've seen between Formula One, the Formula One drivers, and the FIA. Now, for those of you guys who don't know, um, the FIA is the it's the Federation of Automobile International. I don't know how they say it in their language. It's like the Federation Automobilista Internacional or something like that. But it's the FIA and F1 are completely different. Okay. Um, they're they're not the same thing. So you have to think of it in terms of like it's a you've got this governing body, this federation that essentially operates, right? They're kind of the operators of the Formula One schedule. And that's a very simplistic and easy way. I know there's far more to it, but that's kind of the easiest way to look at it, all right? So F1, when you had, you know, this last year where you had um, Sebastian Vettel, right, speaking out against the rules that they had on what had to be worn under their driver's suits. If you remember, the FIA came out about the whole rule with the... Um, the jewelry, right? Where Lewis Hamilton was like, look, man, this nose ring is, it's permanently in there. This is not something I can just pull in and out. It's in there. I, I cannot take it out. If I take it out there, I'm going to have just a hole in my nose. And you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not something that there's a back on. It's like fused in there. So there's been this real big kind of head to head, not seeing eye to eye with the FIA for quite a while. And they had this obviously rule that they came out with where essentially they have this rule preventing drivers from making political statements. Now, obviously, when you look at the drivers that really kind of were the ones who did did speak up against stuff like this, the two big ones were Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel, right? Those were kind of the two... Um, I guess you would say kind of the tip of the spear. Now, obviously, Lewis Hamilton is number one, and that's because he's black. And first and foremost, Lewis Hamilton is 
for whatever you may think about him, when it comes to his political statements and stuff like that, he's not somebody who makes these statements or, or says stuff or tries to, you know, do a, sh a showing whether he's wearing a shirt or, or whatever. He's not somebody that does it lightly, right? So he's not like those clowns you see on the media where they just take the headline and then they blow it out of proportion before they actually know what happens, right? He's actually pretty smart about the way he goes about this, okay? And whether you agree or disagree with his beliefs on it, right? His, his thoughts and feelings on it, you don't have to agree with it to understand where he's coming from. And for me, we talked about this before. I said this last year when he was talking about retirement. I said that I thought it was it was upsetting because what he has done in the world of racing is incredible, right? To be black and to have the success that he's had, to be at GOAT status, right? With Schumacher, you can make the case that it's one or the other. To do that as a black man is incredible it's absolutely incredible i mean keith you've raced for years how many black race car drivers did you ever race against you know i mean i can count it on one hand right None. exactly man you know what i mean i think there was two or three of them the entire time i raced the entire time i raced i think there was maybe two or three of them that we raced against there's not a lot and to do it in a sport like f1 which keep in mind is not only racing but it's like the elitist version of racing right like you know what i mean like it's the it's the the snooty stuck up you know the the top one percent of one percenters right like it's the rich man's racing to do that as a black man and have the success that he has and to deal with everything that he's dealt with and overcome it and to be that successful is incredible and for me if he wants to speak out against injustices and stuff like that that's his right to do so and for the FIA to come out and say that they're going to penalize it, this is where the argument as a business comes in, right? And this is the this is the the issue that people have a hard time with, okay? Because you have to understand that free speech does not mean unpunished speech in terms of especially a business which is property rights, right? That falls under the property rights. Now, I don't understand or know all of Europe's laws when it comes to free speech. There's a lot of stuff that they call free speech that we in America would not look at as free speech, but their business laws, right? At the end of the day, if that is what they own and that is their property, if they want to penalize someone for that, that is their right to do so, okay? I have the right as an American, right, to speak out however I want. I have the right to free speech. But when I was working at Amazon, for example, I had the right to free speech. That did not give me the right to have free speech and keep my job. If Am if I said something that Amazon did not like, they could fire me. That is their right to do so because that job is theirs. It's their property. I'm not entitled to it. So if the FIA wants to penalize drivers, that is their right to do so. Part that I find extremely fascinating is that these drivers are not only saying, look, this ain't going to stop us from saying anything. They're already expecting the FIA to start rolling this back. There's drivers who've been like, yeah, I don't think this is going to last very long. And it really is coming to what I talked about a while ago, where we've seen this massive rift between the FIA and F1. And I do believe we're going to see that come to a big head this 
season, especially if some of these rules do stay in place because the F1 F one's kind of getting to the point, especially with the drivers and stuff like that and the teams where they're looking at this being like, what, what do we have you for? Why do we have you, FIA? What do you do? You're a headache. You don't really help anything. You cause more problems than you solve, right? That's Whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, doesn't matter. That's the perception of the F1 side of things. And the FIA is not stupid. They need F1, right? That's their, that's their moneymaker. They need F1. Yes, they have other stuff. F1's the moneymaker, right? That's the big one. That's the banner carrier. That's, you know, what they've got everything, you know, built off of. So if this does continue, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with it, because I can promise you whether you, like I said, agree with it or not, at the end of the day, Lewis Hamilton carries a really big stick in terms of popularity and influence in the world of F1. And with Vettel now retired, I do believe that Hamilton is going to be the one who's going to pick up kind of that mantle and continue to carry it forward. And I do believe the drivers are going to be following his lead on a lot of issues because, like I said, they followed Seb. Seb's gone. Hamilton really is, when we look at you know the other drivers out there, he really does have the most when it comes to influence, respect, and you know just people looking up to him in the garage. So it's going to definitely be something to keep an eye out because Hamilton's already saying they're, they're not going to stop me. This isn't going to keep me quiet. And we'll have to wait and see what happens with it because with drivers already expecting this to be rolled out, they're already calling the FIA's bluff on this. And we'll have to see if the FIA capitulates because if they don't, the first big issue that we have, which we will have, right? We always do. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when things are said and penalties are doled out. All right. So up next, we've got uh, a segment that has been way too long since we've done hit or miss. All right, Keith, you ready? Oh, my favorite segment. I know mine too. Well, I love we got, it. we got some, we got some good ones today. So last night in qualifying, Hendrick Motorsports took the top three spots in qualifying at Daytona, and this shows that they are the team to beat in the 500. Hit or miss the mark, Keith? I'm going to say it's going to miss the mark. Um, the reason being, so at the beginning of last season, teams were, or manufacturers were able to submit new bodies for the next-gen car. Well, they submitted them, then... After they tested with them, they're like, ah, oh, it gets too hot in here. So NASCAR adjusted them, didn't allow them to adjust the bodies. Well, now they allowed the teams to, or the manufacturers to adjust the bodies, make changes that they wanted to make, resubmit it, and Ford came out smelling like a rose. More so than the Chevys and the Toyotas. The Fords have more drag. Super speedways, the more drag you got, the faster you're going to go. And I, I think a Ford team's going to win the uh, Daytona 500. Yeah, I. Ooh, it's a tough one, man. They showed a lot of speed last night. I know, and see, but the thing, and this is what makes it so hard, is individual speed in qualifying is not the same as speed in the pack. No, right, no. and we know that. You know, that we'll was find one out thing. Tonight, though. 
yeah, that's the thing. We'll find out tonight. And that was always the issue, or I shouldn't say the issue, but that was always the thing, you know, back in the day when you had um, DEI or even Dale Earnhardt, right, with RCR, when those when those teams would dominate these restrictor plate races. And even later on when you had Tony Stewart, right, when he was always working with Dale Earnhardt Jr., was at the end of the day, yes, those cars were fast by themselves, but when they got together, they were really fast, right? Jeff Burton had one of the greatest quotes of all time, when they asked him how he how his car was doing and he said well we're slow unless we're behind the 8 or the 15 right like it's like well apparently a, you know who you're partnered with can make a make a big difference and so it'll be interesting to see with this this situation with the bodies like you're talking about because if the fords do have right this this improved drag right where they're they are faster. They've got this decrease in drag, maybe increase in downforce. We'll have to see, you know, does this improve their speed, especially when they're working together? Because that's a big factor, right? It's, Very it's how, factor. how do they work together? So, you know, obviously these cars are, I mean, they're all aerodynamic, right? But at the end of the day, especially with what they have now, where they're trying to actually have brand identity, we're back to what we used to have, you know, in the 90s where hey man these cars have a different nose on them they're not all the same with just stickers right they actually have a different nose on them they actually have the cars actually shaped a little bit different it's as close as it can get right but it's still got that you know that that ford nose is not identical to the chevy nose okay it's just not so it'll be interesting to see what what these guys look like when they're in the draft working with one another, because yeah, I do think if, if they got the improvements that we're, we've heard, it's going to be interesting to see. And um, I'm actually, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they are improved. Um, I actually, I, I'm, I'm pulling, we'll, we'll, talk about our, who our picks are later but yeah i'm i'm hope i'm hoping we're gonna see some some forwards up front so anyways yeah we'll have to wait and see what happens but next one on the list here so after taking the cup series by storm in 2022 ross chastain is going to be a top contender for the championship in 2023 hit or miss the mark i think it's gonna miss the mark i think he falls back down to earth this year I think the the reality slaps him in the face. And I think he's going to get beat up by the Kevin Harvick don't give a fuck tour this year. <laughs> I am, you know, Harvick saying, you know, debts will be paid. That was, <laughs> I am, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And you know, and when, when he says that he truly means it. Yeah. He, he's he one does. of the guys that'll come back out and he ain't going to be like a Denny Hamlin and just barely move you. Nah, he's, he's going to make sure he gets, it's his voice heard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna say it hits the mark. I do think he's gonna be a contender for a championship. I don't know if he's gonna make the final four again. Last, you know, last season was so incredible. The season that he had, honestly, to me, I would have to say, even though Logano won the championship 2022, I, I said this, you know, I think it was last week, right? Where 2022 is going to be known as the year of Ross Chastain. Even though Logano won the championship, you will remember 2022 more for what Ross Chastain did than and what he didn't do. Yeah. That, that it, past at Martinsville 
it, foreshadowed the championship. It, it really did. You know what I mean? Like that, that will, especially now since they've got the rule against it. I talked about that last week where they basically outlawed the hail mailing, right? Um, the fun league. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's, it, it'll be forever known as the year of Ross Chastain. It really will. Like, that's what I remember from it more than anything. Um, now, I do think he's going to be a contender. I don't know if he'll make the final four, but I do think he'll be in the top 10 and he'll be competing for wins this season. I, I still think Ross, Ross will win some races, but I don't think he'll be talked about as much. If that makes any sense. I just, no, I think that does. reality, reality is going to set in and Ross will go back to, to Ross and he'll, show some flashes here and there i think he'll make the playoffs but i i can't predict the final four i don't know i don't i think yeah. it'll be tough for this year it will be it will be so all right moving on to ross chastain's track house teammate after agreeing to a multi-year extension with track house racing and finally now having some stability in his cup career daniel suarez will finish in the top 10 in the point standings this year hit or miss the mark oh i think that will i think it's going to hit the mark i think this is what daniel needs he needs he needs the foundation underneath him knowing that he's not racing year by year yes like he has been now he can go out and focus on what needs to be done yep and and i think i think this year he might do a little bit of what ross did last year i think i think the 99 will break out this year I think so as well. Um, I'm with you. I think this is kind of the stability that he's needed. You know, he hasn't really had it before. He had, what, two seasons at Gibbs? He had one year that was... Just thrusted into the yeah, Cup Series. Yeah, you know, he had that one weird-ass year at, uh, yeah. whatchamacallit, Stuart Haas, right? Like, I mean, it was just like, what? It was kind of like this throw him in at the last minute and it, I, it was just weird what and, it reminds me of and not to cut you off no is you're good these nfl teams going and getting these old quarterbacks just bridging them yes and that's all daniel has had he's been a bridge driver yes and now he's got a home he has yes. a true home so yes he's been with track house now this you know it's three seasons, right? He just signed through, I think it's a three-year extension. I mean, this is the first time, like you said, where he's not going to be essentially on like a one-year deal looking over his shoulder. And that's huge. I don't think people realize the difference that that makes with your psyche, right? Make no mistake about it, people, even at the highest level, at, it does not matter who it is, right? You could, I mean, whether you're talking about you know, NFL players, right? Legit NFL players, okay? Pro Bowl level players, Major League Baseball, NBA players, NASCAR drivers, it does not matter. Even when you are the best of the best, being on a one-year deal, right? On a one-year contract is hard because it brings in doubt where it's, look, do they believe in me? If they believed in me, they would give me an extension, right? Like those thoughts start to come into your head. And it only takes a little tiny bit to cause a big problem with your confidence and stuff like that. It can really mess with you. Well, it's like, how many, how many prove-it deals do I need to do? Exactly, right? Exactly. So I was happy to hear that he got the extension. I've always thought Daniel Suarez was somebody who... 
um, had potential. Obviously, we know what he can do with the road racing side of it, with NASCAR having more of these road races and street circuits and stuff like that. Um, you know, he does have, you know, it's not like it used to be back in the day well, where it was and, Sonoma and Watkins Glen. He's got multiple chances just at the road racing stuff to get wins. And I, I think people just forget how rushed he was into Cup. He yes. raced two years in Xfinity. Was an and, Xfinity champion, too, by the way. Yeah, it's not like yeah, he was what, a scrub. Exactly. He goes and wins the Xfinity championship, and Carl Edwards up and retires out of nowhere, mm -hmm. and he is thrusted into that Gibbs ride. That's a lot of pressure Yes, on somebody that had no Cup experience coming into it. Yep. So, so I'm I'm happy for him. I am too. I was happy to see it, and um, I'm looking forward to it because I do think he's going to have a, a good year. All right, next one. After guaranteeing their entry into the Daytona 500, Travis Pastrana and Jimmy Johnson will both finish in the top 15 this Sunday. Hit or miss? Ooh. Uh -huh. I'm going to say it, it, it misses the mark only because it's a big unknown. Exactly. It's so hard to tell who's going to finish and mm -hmm. who's not. Jimmy Johnson historically hasn't had good luck at Daytona. I mean, if you go back and look at his past five or six Daytona 500s, he's wrecked in the duels. He's got wrecked out in the 500 early. Travis Pastrana's new to this new car mm -hmm. also. So I'm going to say it misses the mark for now. I hope they prove me wrong. I'm I'm in limbo. I don't yeah. I'm with you. I think it misses the mark too. It's there's too much to there's too much um uncertainty when it comes to this type of racing. We know that. Anytime you're drafting, anytime you have these pack races, it's there's just too much in the air. It all you need is one cut tire, right? And all of a sudden you've got a 15 car pileup and anybody can be in it. So I'm with you. Yeah. There's no and guarantee it. I will say this though, if there is a driver, if there are two drivers that could do it. It's Jimmy Johnson, Travis Pastrana. First of all, oh, Jimmy Johnson, right? I mean, you're talking about a seven-time champion. I don't care what the car is. The man can drive it, okay? Pastrana, did you see Pastrana get the win at Volusia? In a UMP modified. And it was like his... In his first start. Yeah. I mean, he got out of the car after the heat race and was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then went out there and won the feature. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. So... Watch that out guy NASCAR. is, yeah, that guy, I, I, there's nothing that I would put past him because he's one of those types of people that seems like he can figure anything out. Oh, anything, anything with wheels on it. Yeah. I, or even a snowmobile at that. Yeah, exactly. He uh, doesn't even have to have wheels. Fast. <laughs> a pair of shoes. It yeah. don't matter. Yeah. He will make it go fast. And, yep. and I want to, I want to say this to everybody that's listening. Don't be all down in the dumps when Travis doesn't do anything in the duel tonight. I don't think he's going to just go out there and race. I think he's going to lay back. They don't have yes. a backup car. I think he's going to feel it out, get get a sense of the draft, and save the car for Sunday. I don't I'm even see you. the team practicing. Yeah, there's there's no there's really no um, benefit to them doing that. They've made the race. They need to now yeah. start the race, right? And they, the same with Jimmy Johnson. Yep. I'd save the car. Yep, exactly. Right. Even if you look at the guys who who are you look at uh, Bowman and Larson, right? As long as they don't go to a backup car, they're starting on the front row. So why yeah. go out there? Obviously, they're race car drivers. They want to well, race and stuff like that. But why put yourself in an unnecessarily dangerous situation? And and here's my other thing with the duels. I mean, you had guys complaining after the L.A. Coliseum of the hits still hurt. Yeah. 
why why risk it in a dual race? It means yep. nothing. Exactly. Because we, yeah. we don't know what these cars are going to do yet. Yeah, we don't. We're not going to know until there's a wreck. And unfortunately, Daytona is going to be the testing ground because yeah. I, I don't see us getting through it without a wreck. It would be so, it would be a miracle if we did. Tonight, I don't want to get on Facebook or Twitter and see people bitching that Travis Pastrana should not be here because what do you do in the dual race? The dual yep. race don't mean shit. No, it doesn't. Save the not car for all. Sunday. Yep. So... All right, next one. We got a couple of rookies this season. I mean, obviously, you know, the two headlining rookies, Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs. So after winning last year's Xfinity Championship, Ty Gibbs will back it up by winning Rookie of the Year over Noah Gregson in 2023. Hit or miss the mark? Yeah, to start it off with a tough one. Mm Hmm. Hmm. And I'm going to say it misses the mark. Really? I, I think, think Gregson's going to get rookie I of the year, think huh? Noah Gregson will get rookie of the year. I think Noah Gregson will also get a win. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I think it hits the mark, but there's nothing that would make me happier than to see Noah Gregson win this year. I, that, I that's think, on my list of, that's on my list of hopefuls because I really do. I really like that guy, man. I, I really yeah. do. And I'm I'm glad to see him get his opportunity in Cup. Me too. And and I think where he has the edge over Ty is knows race these cars more he has. Than he than has. And I think Ty is going to feel the pressure of a full season in Cup. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Noah does definitely have the advantage no. over Ty on that. I do give the car and team advantage to Ty, though. I oh, do think 100%. he's got a much better opportunity than, than Gregson does, and I think that might be the separator. But I, I think with that last name and the pressure of the shoes he filled, because... Well, it's I mean, a ton of pressure. Yeah. It's I, a ton I of think, pressure. I think it's just going to... I think. I think reality is going to hit Ty Gibbs harder than reality is going to hit uh, Ross Chastain. I think well, Ty Gibbs gets humbled this year. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see it's how, a wild how it pick, plays out. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised. All right. Moving on to the dirt side. After a dominant performance at Volusia this last weekend, David Gravel has shown that he is the greatest threat to Brad Sweet. Or the Outlaw Championship in 2023. Hit or miss the mark. Ooh. I'm going to say it, 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 it hits the mark for now. Let's circle back to this about August. Because, I mean, we talked about it last year. David Gravel needs to be more consistent throughout the season. Mm-hmm. To where if something happens in Charlotte, it don't come back to bite him in the ass like it did last season. I think David Gravel gets gets it done this year, though. I really do. Um, they just got to keep keep the consistency going. I mean, they got their foot on Brad Sweet's throat right now because Brad Sweet struggled in Volusia, and now they just need to take that momentum and carry it through the whole season, not not through half, take a little break, and then pick it back up. Yeah. I'm I'm with you, man. I do think Gravel is the greatest threat to Sweet. Um, but I said last weekend, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, Brad Sweet has now become out. 
<laughs> Brad Sweet has now become like Tom Brady for me. You know what I mean? Or Tim Duncan or, you know, even a Donnie Schatz or Steve Kinzer until someone else wins it. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not betting against the yeah. dude. Uh, <laughs> you know no. what I mean? Like I just, I, I can't. And I, and I hate to say that because I'm a Brad Sweet guy. I've raced with Brad Sweet. Got, I'm not going to say I'm best friends with him, but I knew him. We knew each other. I just, man, it, it's so early now. You can't count him out. I think no, it's going to come down to Brad yeah. Sweet and David Gravel for sure. I and do hopefully, too. Hopefully my dude Sheldon can put together a whole complete season and be there. Also. Yes, that's the thing. You know, if if Hodden Shield, you know, Macedo was obviously really good last season as well. And even Shuhart, you know, Logan Shuhart, if those guys could actually put the whole season together, we would have an incredible, yeah. you know, championship run. Um, it's just, yeah, we'll have to. I would love to see. Logan Schuhart win the championship this year just because of the family. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool to see. It would be. So, all right. So that is going to do it for our hit and miss segment of the show. Now, when we come back, we are going to be doing our ridiculously too early playoff picks for the NASCAR Cup Series and our NASCAR Pick'em, which is going to be starting this week. Me and Keith got a new thing that we're going to be doing each week leading up to the race, and we'll be explaining that right after this break. All right, so first up, me and Keith are going to be doing our ridiculously too early playoff predictions. We're going to be picking our 16 drivers as to who we think will make the playoffs. Now, what we'll do is, is we'll make our playoff picks. When the playoffs come, we will see who got the most. And then we will do our, when the playoffs get here, we will do our final four predictions and who we think will win the championship. And then we'll see who gets the most out of that. Now, we need to actually come up with something here, Keith. You know, we got to figure out a, a, an award for us. Um when we win these little things, I was trying to think of this. And the problem is being that we're, I don't know, 2000 miles apart. Um, it kind of makes <laughs> it difficult. Yeah. You know? So what I was thinking was this, because we both are obviously avid sim racers. So I was thinking we could do something for like some credits or something like that. Right. Make it to where it's just like, you know, yeah. 20 bucks in credits yeah. or something like that. Okay. That way there's that way there's something that we're playing for besides At least we got some something hanging over our head. Yeah. So it's not just a all right, congrats, you won our our podcast competition. So we'll 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 do I don't know, twenty dollars in, in credits or something like that. Um for for the for the NASCAR playoff. And for picks. proof we'll we'll post we'll post the receipt on on the Facebook. There page. you go. Yeah, we'll put everybody it up. knows that we actually did it. That we actually did it. Yep. Do it. Yep. Now that's our playoff picks. We're also going to be doing a NASCAR pick them. So each week, Keith and I will pick a driver as to who we think will win the race or do better than the opponent's driver. Um, whoever, you know, if I pick, for example, I pick uh, Chase Elliott this week, Keith picks Kevin Harvick this week at Daytona, whichever driver finishes ahead of the other, they will get 10 points. The other person will get five points. And then at the end of the regular season, we'll see who has the most points for that. Once you pick a driver, though, in the regular season, you cannot pick them the rest of the, the season. Okay, now we'll reset it when we get to the playoffs. But if I pick Chase Elliott this week at Daytona, I cannot pick Chase Elliott again the rest of the regular season. Okay, so that's the way that the pick them will work. 
All right. So we're going to do the playoffs first. Keith, who are, let's, let's go. We don't need them. It doesn't matter the order of them. This isn't where we're saying they're going to finish, but let's, let's do it in blocks. Since we got 16 drivers, let's do it in blocks of four. So who's your first four drivers you got making the playoffs? All right. My first four is Kyle Larson, of course. Good one. Kevin Harvick. Ryan Blaney. Didn't see that one coming. And Kyle Busch. I really like that four so far. I have to agree 100% on it. Um, I I mean, obviously, it's almost impossible to pick against Larson. Uh, you know, he's... He's not quite Brad Sweet level because he hasn't won, you know, four straight championships, but he is that level in the sense of like, I, I cannot pick against the dude until he gives me a good reason to pick against him. Uh, he's just that he's just incredible. So, yeah. All right. I've got Larson as well. Um, I'm actually also going to go with. AJ Allmendinger, just because I do think he will get a win on a road course. I do believe he is the best road course driver in the cup series. Um, I do think he'll pop off a win on a road course. So I'm going to go with him. I'm also going to go with Blaney as well. I, I, I think Ryan Blaney is going to have a breakout year. That's, that's one of my, I guess you would call it bold predictions. He was winless last year. He won the all-star race, but overall he didn't win a points race. He was there so many times. He should have had a couple of wins where they just did not close the deal. I think he's going to have a breakout year. You know, it's funny. People are starting to talk about him like he is almost like a bust. Like he's this wasted talent, right? Like he hasn't lived up to his potential. I I don't know, man. I think he's done pretty good. Yeah, he could have done, obviously he could be better, but I think he's he's done pretty good. And I think this year we're gonna see him break out. And then my fourth driver um so far is also Christopher Bell. All right, who's your next four? All right, so I got Denny Hamlin, Chase Briscoe, Chase Elliott. Oh, I bet that one hurts. It, it does. I know. <laughs> I know you're not the biggest Chase Elliott fan. I was, I was sad putting him on my list, but he's too good to not put on the list. He is. He is. And who uh, last one is William Byron. Yeah, I. it's pretty much you. You've got to have those guys on. You know, Byron is so good. Same thing with Elliott. Hamlin, I. I would love to see Denny finally get a championship. I really would, man. Um, I would too. It's just, it's so hard to do. So hard. So, all right. So next for me, I've got, basically, I've got all four Hendrick drivers making it. So I've got Bowman, Elliott, Byron, And then I'm also going to pick Kyle Busch. I do think Kyle Busch is going to, I think Kyle Busch is going to make RCR very relevant again. Um, Yeah, I think Kyle Busch has a lot to prove this year. I think he's, I think we're going to see Kyle Busch drive 
not to say that it's not like he's ever it's not like he has I, not been pushing it to the max but i think he's got a really big point to prove this year i think we see a a new kyle bush yes i do i, I do think too. i think he's still going to be the same kyle bush i think he's going to be more outspoken it's going to be more of the kyle bush because joe gibbs had a tight leash on him richard childress will let kyle be kyle yeah i i'm with you i think and so i think too. kyle carries rcr this year I'm with no, you. No offense to Austin Dillon. I'm not a big Austin Dillon fan. Kyle Busch will will carry that team. Yes, he will. That's I'm I'm with you on that. All right. So who is your next four? We can get nine through twelve. So this this is where it starts to get tough because there's a lot of good guys in in the NASCAR field. A lot to choose from. Yes. So my there next is. four, and this this is going to be a shock. Ryan Priest makes the playoffs in his first year with Stuart Haas. Mm. Then I have Tyler Reddick, Daniel Suarez, Ross Chastain. I like that one. That is, that is, uh, Ryan Priest has probably got the best opportunity and people can say what they want, but he was a massive, he is a massive upgrade over Cole Custer. Yes, he is. I'm in 100% agreement on that. Um, to me, for Tony Stewart to push the way that he did for Priest, that says something. So, right? Well, that, not not only Tony Stewart, but Kevin Harvick. Yes, you know that really says something. So, I, I I'm with you. I think he's definitely going to be a contender for the championship. Uh, I, I should say. For the playoffs, excuse me. I don't think he's going to be a contender for the championship. For the playoffs. I do think he will be a contender for the playoffs. So, yeah, that and, wouldn't and, surprise me at all. And and here here's what my thinking was. I think I think Cole just had that attitude of my dad works for Haas. He, he's one of the VPs of Haas. I can slack off and my job's fine. And then Tony Stewart brought the wheelbarrow with his nuts in it and was like, yeah. we are hiring Ryan Priest. <laughs> and then Kevin Harvick stepped in and was like, yeah, we, we need him in the 41. Not only does Kevin now teammates with Ryan, but he's also his, his manager. Yes. KHI management manages Ryan Priest. So mm -hmm. I think they made, I think they made the right decision. I'm with you on that. I think so as well. All right. So my next four, I've got Chastain, Hamlin, Harvick, and Reddick. Um, I do think Chastain is going to to be contending for the you know final eight, maybe potentially final four. Um, we talked about Denny a few minutes ago. I would love to see Hamlin get another or not get another get a championship. Um, I also would not be opposed to seeing Harvick get another one. I do think he's going to go out this year. Um, much better than last year. You know, they kind of figured things out when Rodney Childers finally was like, look, I got this car is not the old car. I can't keep looking at it the same way. And they popped off those two wins in a row. The second half of Harvick's season was they were way fast better. The whole yes, last half of the season. they were. And um, I think Tyler Reddick is just an insane talent. And now he is, you know, as good as I think, yes, as good as I think Kyle Busch is going to do with RCR, I think Reddick is going to have a phenomenal year at 2311. So 
Yeah, those are my my next four. All right, so who is your final four on your playoffs? So my final four, I got Alex Bowman, Joey Logano, A.J. Allmendinger, and Christopher Bell. So Bowman, Logano, A.J., and Bell. And and I'm gonna throw this out there. There's there's gonna be one driver in the field that finishes outside of the points to where uh, what is it top 32? You got to be inside the top 32. There there's gonna be a car that's outside of the top 32 that gets a win this year. Corey LaJoy will win a race this year. You think Corey LaJoy is gonna win a race? I think Corey LaJoy wins the new Atlanta race. He either. One of the Atlanta races or one of the Talladega races? I obviously he his opportunity is gonna be at a restrictor plate race. You know, that was one of the the cool things about the the NASCAR show that they did, the 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 you know, the chase for the, the race for the championship. Um watching that and getting to see behind the scenes with Corey LaJoy, right? And how he's come up and how he's always been with these lower tier teams. And when he's at these races at Daytona and Talladega, you know, and they're like, Hey, what do you need? He's like, I need the okay to go. (laughs) Just give me the green light so I can actually push it. And they're just telling him, Nope, sit tight, man. We need to just finish here. We can just bring the car home in one piece. So I think with one more year underneath them, I think he can finally start racing a little bit more. Especially in this new car, mm-hmm. because they're the, the Spire team's putting more R and D into the seven. Yes, from what I've been hearing, and I think Corey LaJoy performs better than last year. I mean, unfortunately, he's going to be where he's at in points. I hope he proves me wrong and he knocks one of my playoff guys out. But my bold prediction is Corey LaJoy will be racing with a, a powerhouse team next year. I would like to see that too. I think Corey LaJoy is one of those drivers who um, has a lot of talent and has never gotten the break with one of the top teams. Yeah, like he here's the way I look at it. He he reminds me of Ross Chastain before Ross Chastain got his break. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I, you're right, man. I, he does. There's a lot of similarities there. A lot of similarities. So... Yeah, I'm with you. I would I would love to see him win a race, man. I yeah. think that would be freaking awesome. I think it would be great for the sport if Corey LaJoy just would win win yep. a race. I think we're gonna see Corey LaJoy do what Michael McDowell did last year. Yeah, that would be really cool, man. That would be that would be freaking awesome. All right. My final four. I'm going Logano. I mean, you gotta pick him. He's the defending freaking champion. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, you got you got to pick the guy. Um, Suarez, I already talked about him. I do think Suarez is going to get a win, another win this year. I'm going Truex. I think Truex Jr. has a bounce back year. Um, you know, last year was tough for him. He was one of the one of the older drivers who did not like the next gen car, but I think he's going to have a much better year. And then last, I've got Bubba Wallace. I think I think Bubba Wallace is going to be a multi-race winner this season. I really and, do. And I had him penciled in, took him out, and I put AJ Allmendinger in a spot. You see, that's to me, 
I can't give, bet against AJ Allmendinger. Not at, not at these freaking road courses. That's the thing, man. If it was like it was years ago, where it was just Watkins Glen and Sonoma, right? You had you got Sears Point and Watkins Glen. Those are the two road courses on the schedule. Then I could I would have no problem leaving Almondinger off. But there's what six road courses that we got this yeah. season. You six can't or leave seven? him off. Now. Yeah, those are those, that's six races where he is almost guaranteed a podium finish. Right. Like the dude, whatever you feel about him on the oval stuff. And dude, he did phenomenal last year in the Xfinity series. Right. Like, I mean, he was a legit championship contender. He was my championship pick, I think. Yeah. You know, on the road stuff, I don't think there is a better driver on the road. And as good as he did in the Xfinity last year on road course races, this car, even though this is, you know, it's not like this is some GT3 car out there. Well, it is definitely an improved road racing car. I think he's going to be much better in this car on the road courses. If you if you recall, who who did Ross Chastain move at Coda to win? Yeah. AJ Allmendinger. Yep. So, yeah, I, I it's Dinger's it's back. Tough. I think yeah. Dinger's back and he's rejuvenated. I think so too, man. Um, I He was another driver that when he first came up, it was kind of a um got he, speed-esque. Yeah, it was kind and it was kind of rushed, you know what I mean? And and he uh. came up and you know, he wasn't with, you know, it wasn't like he he didn't come up with Hendrick, right? Like he, I think he had his one opportunity with Penske and it didn't go too well. No, it didn't. But also, you know, we got to remember Penske has had some up and down years. Penske hasn't always been a powerhouse. They've had some bad years. You know what I mean? There was some, some, some bad years there. Dark times over there. Yeah. In the you know? When they were with Dodge. Yeah. Outside so, of Brad Keselowski's championship in 2012. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him, man, this season. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I got to admit, man, I'm, I'm really excited about the, the cup season this year. Last year I was excited because we had the different car and we had the, you know, they right before the season started, they, you know, well, not right before, but like a, you know, month and a half before the season, it was, Hey, we're going to go six seventy horsepower, four inch spoiler. You know, it was like finally something better than this pack racing crap at all the mile and a halfs. And, you know, it was an exciting year. It really was. And I think this year it's going to be even better now that these teams have had a full year to really develop these cars. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. And I'm really looking forward to it. So to recap really quick, Keith 16 drivers for our ridiculously too early to make any predictions. Playoff picks are Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Bush, Denny Hamlin, Chase Briscoe, Chase Elliott, William Byron, Ryan Priest, Daniel Suarez, Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain, Alex Bowman, Joey Logano, AJ Allmendinger, and Christopher Bell. Kevin Harvick wins championship and rides off in the sunset like Tom Brady. There you go. I did not see that pick coming. And I've got Kyle Larson, AJ Allmendinger, Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell, Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott, William Byron, Kyle Bush, Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Tyler Reddick, Joey Logano, Daniel Suarez, Martin Truex Jr., and Bubba Wallace. So those are our playoff picks, which brings us to our NASCAR pick'em. So like I said, each week we will pick a driver. Once we pick that driver, we can no longer pick them during the regular season. So Keith, who is your first pick 
of the season for Daytona. Ooh. Man, you had to go there, didn't you? Yep. Uh, I think Ryan Blaney wins the Daytona 500. Ryan Blaney. Dude. He's came up so close, so close every, uh, what, last three Daytona 500s? Oh, yeah, man. He's been, when it's, when it comes He's to a, restrictor plate racing, he is one of the best there is at it. Yeah. And one of the most underappreciated yes. restrictor plate racers. Mm-hmm. He really is. You know, for somebody um, who does have a, a pretty big spotlight on him, right? You know, he came up, you know, if you look at that group of drivers and they're all, I mean, it's not like they're old, but they're not the young kids that they used to be, right? You know, he came up with that group of, you know, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Bubba Wallace, right? Like those guys have raced against each other for years. And he was overshadowed by everyone. And he has been. Yes, absolutely. And I think he is, you know, a phenomenal oh and a, a phenomenal overall driver let alone at the restrictor plate so yeah i'm that's that was actually going to be my pick man but i'm not going to i'll save him for the next daytona race or talladega um i'm gonna actually i am gonna go with bubba wallace i like it and that's another he's really another good. really good restrictor plate racer and nobody wants to admit it but Bubba Wallace is actually a really good super speedway racer. He is. He's a really good racer, right? Like he yeah. his his super speedway skills, I do I I do think outshine his speedway skills, but he's a really good racer. He he really is, man. He um I was happy to see him get that win last year at um what track was that? It was a mile and a half. Kansas? Was that Kansas? Was it Kansas? It was Kansas or Vegas or something, one of the mile and a half that they go to. But yeah, I was happy to see him get that win because, you know, the Talladega win that he got, there were so many people who were like, well, you know, that one was shortened and it didn't really. And it's like, shut up, dude. It's a win's a win. It don't matter. Right. Go ask them drivers who, you know, go ask Mike Skinner if he would take a rain shortened win. (laughs) The the man would say yes. So ask any, ask any racer if they take a rain shortened win. Exactly. So think Chris Busher was mad that he won a fogged out race. No, no, absolutely not. A win is a win. That's right. When you look back on it, all it's going to show is that you were the one in victory lane. It's not going to say why or how. Like they replaced it in the history book. Exactly. His name's there. There's no asterisk next to it. So, all right. So you've got Ryan Blaney. I've got Bubba Wallace. So those guys will be off the board for the rest of the regular season. So that it's going to do it for our first episode back here in 2023. So obviously we had a long break. It's good to be back. Um, We will be back every Thursday. So this will be the new, obviously new recording time. Now the show will be posted either Thursday night or potentially Friday morning. It's all going to kind of depend on what happens. Um, you know, cause I don't have a producer. I can just hand this off to, I got to do it myself. So for the most part, it'll be Thursday, Thursday night, Friday morning, but we'll have it up before the weekend. 
So that way we can get our picks and everything out there before the, the cup race. So that's going to do it. Everybody, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we look forward to another awesome year of racing. Keith, my man, good to finally hear your voice, man. It's been too long. Glad to, glad to, glad to get you on here and, uh, and talk so some excited. racing, man. I know. So it's excited been... leaving work this morning. I'm like, damn. Podcast. I, got? I was like, yeah, yeah, podcast. I've been watching all kinds of different podcasts and man, I'm, I'm just, I'm proud of where this one has came. We're, Me too. I think it's one of the more professional motorsports podcasts out there. I mean, there's some that's just off the walls and it's like, what in the hell are we doing? Yeah. it There, <laughs> there are a few out there that are, uh, yeah. Thanks to COVID, everybody's a podcaster now. <laughs> exactly. That, <laughs> you know, that has become like the most innocuous phrase out there. You know, the, hey, will you be on my podcast? You know, <laughs> like everybody's yeah. got a podcast now. There's Five like, years ago, you'd be like, what? Yeah. They'd be like, dude, that's what, that's not even a thing. And now it's like, what? everybody's got one. And it's so funny too, because you hear all the time, these people, and these are like, like famous people, right? Professional athletes, movie stars, stuff like that. They start these podcasts and then you look and it's like, you did 12 episodes and then stopped. Like what happened? You know, <laughs> they're like, what? I, I got to do this every week. This sucks, man. You know, I mean, it's, it's a lot. So funny. yeah, it's and, awesome. And, and the good thing is hopefully in a couple of weeks when we, when I get my camera set up, you guys can see my ugly mug, my big bushy beard. And there you go. Fun. Yeah. It doesn't stop me from showing mine. So yeah, we'll have it all set up. Yeah, that's Shave the thing. Shave it off if Kevin Harvick wins the championship. There, there you go. Is. There you go. And then so, I'll cry after because yep. he's gonna be gone. <laughs> we'll be having uh we'll be having um I'll be getting more more of the video content on the YouTube channel here as well with the shorts and also clips and stuff like that. So that way you guys can see everything. And when Keith gets set up, I'm hoping this year we'll get to do some what we'll be calling race companion podcasts where we'll actually during a race, we'll actually record a pod while me and Keith a live watch a race. Other. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> so we're going to, going to do some stuff like that. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff this year. Glad to finally get things lined out and kicked off. So we'll be back next week to do it all over again. Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Enjoy the 500. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Have a good weekend yourself, and, and then thank oh. you to everybody that listens. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I love Huge doing this every Thursday morning. Yep, I uh, know it's it's been awesome, man. And the people who have been asking, you know, on the on my live streams and stuff like that, on my my uh, my other YouTube channel, people have been like, "Dude, when's the pod coming back?" The fact that people have actually been wanting it back is uh, is awesome. So yeah, big thanks to all you guys out there who follow and subscribe to the show. Please keep doing so, share it, get it out there. And yeah, me and Keith will be back here next week to do it all over again. So Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Everyone out there, have a good weekend. And we will talk to you guys next week. And until then, take care.